top shelf fantasy. Week one in the books. Podcast 85, top shelf crew here. Heck yeah. September 14th. You can't breathe yet. Monday night game still going on. I need Saquon Barkley to do something. Yeah, there's plenty of implications going on tonight. Yeah, that's true, actually. We're halfway through the Pittsburgh Giants game, and uh, we got one more after this, too, with Denver and Tennessee. Denver and Tennessee. So yeah. A couple good matchups. I mean, 16-10 Pitt at the half. Yeah, I mean, that game's looking good. I, I just – I just Saquon Barkley has a negative rushing yards right now through the first half of football in 2020. So, Saquon Barkley negative. Um who else we got? Deontay Johnson, negative. Mm-hmm. Big Ben does not look good. Um, Daniel Jones actually made a couple nice throws that were dropped. Evan Ingram's at zero points. Hopefully the second half <laughs> looks better. So we're going to go through and recap week one. And uh, there's plenty of good, lots of bad. Uh, and we're going to just kind of go through each of the uh, each of the matchups, take a look at what we saw from a fantasy perspective, what to expect moving forward for some of these guys, uh, what really kind of caught our eye. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Top Shelf, FNTSY, uh, TopShelfFantasy.com. Um, we will be putting waiver articles and our starts and sits up on the website. If you subscribe to the website, you will get all of those in an email, uh, emailed to you um, instead of having to go you know, online and, and figure all that out. But they will be there. We'll be kind of switching up the, the podcast format a little bit so we can go through, do these recaps, give what our reactions are, and then we have a couple uh, other things that we'll go through uh, throughout the week. But again, waivers, stardom, sit-ems will be on the website. So week one recap, Chiefs-Texans. That was a game I, everyone saw. A game everybody saw. And if you haven't heard, CH is the bird. Looked phenomenal. Yeah, he, <laughs> CH is the, the bird is the word. Yeah, I mean, I think we all said... He's getting drafted as a, a top 12 running back in most leagues. His ADP is right around there. Yep. And he went out and proved that he deserved to be there. Uh, if you drafted him, you were happy with the return you got in this in this first week. And it looks scary at the beginning of the game because I was watching him run the ball into brick wall after brick wall after brick. And we saw this on the goal line. So that's if, there was, if right. there's ever a knock with CEH, it's that goal line work might be because he left a lot of fantasy points on the, on the board. I mean, he had six opportunities to punch one in and he couldn't do it. But... Like yeah. we were kind of saying, we were watching, and it's like it's a forced. They want him to be the. Right. the they're they're forcing him to learn that. Oh, that you position. literally look at the the end of the game, and you're like, this is this is a lost cause. This game is over. It's thirty four twenty, you know, or whatever it was. Maybe it was twenty six twenty, whatever. Um, and I, we were texting each other, just like, why is he still running? And I think somebody said, you know, it's probably just for the work. You know, the, you can't simulate an on field situation, and he obviously has room to improve in the goal line. And Andy Reid is. The coach so he's naturally aware of that and he said go punch one in bud clyde yeah get on your horse for me hello <laughs> this, that is for game film all week this week he's going to be looking at that camera that goes around the 50 yard line that yep. we we got to see and you you know that he just needs to point and shoot yeah well exactly and, i think i, I text you he tried to make a spin move right. on jj watt right he would he would try and gather himself so obviously that was the one knock on him but 138 total yards five and a half uh, on average and uh, you know had a touchdown on 25 full rushing attempts and this is with Patrick Mahomes really spreading the ball out to many people um, Daryl Williams looked like he wasn't really involved after the first quarter very much 
Um, so it does look like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be that first round talent that everyone drafted him to be. You're going to get a ton of trade offers for him. Don't trade him. And if you want to try and go get him, you better be giving up your house for it. So that's, you know, whatever team he's on now is that's where he's staying. Yeah. And then for the other guys, you pretty much had, you know, met expectations. Mahomes, what you expected. Right. Um, Tyreek Hill, kind of what you expected. Sammy Watkins, great game. Um, maybe what you expected week one. and Sell high. That's yeah. Sammy Watkins. Sell high every year. Week it's, one. Um, week one burner. Yeah, and he's always a week one guy. So Casey is who we thought they were. It's Houston that I think is the the biggest eye opener from a fantasy perspective. Um, so just a little a little tidbit: David Johnson like saw no carries in the second half, and he looked phenomenal. So so in my opinion, watching the game, the the lone bright spot was David Johnson, but he didn't touch the ball after half. And I think this is going to be. Um, What's the word? A, a, a trend where you see the Texans down, and then they they have to pass the ball with the mirage of underwhelming wide receivers that they have. And Deshaun Watson can't throw a pass without staying on his feet. So yeah, he looked uncomfortable, uneasy. I don't know if it was the offensive line was blocking poorly, or maybe it was good coverage and nobody was getting open. The Chiefs' defense was impressive. So yeah, um, I mean, he was he was sacked four times in total. Yeah, um, and if he wasn't sacked, he was throwing it away or jumping in the air. Yeah. trying to throw it somewhere and, like he was he was guy in his face the whole and, time and as of right now fuller will fuller looks to be the only guy worth owning in the wide receiver core brandon cooks was almost irrelevant um randall cobb was barely on the field which was a shock yeah. to i think everybody we were at yeah we were asking until the fourth quarter when he came in where is he i think kenny stills out snapped him kenny stills was the had the most snaps um i i mean i didn't i actually haven't looked at the numbers but kenny it seemed like kenny stills and will fuller were on the field constantly Still's only got two targets and dropped them both. Um, but, yeah, I think you have to keep Cooks, and it's a wait and see, but you can't right. start him. I think Fuller is a start week in and week out. Yeah, it's 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 needed to be mentioned that they did say prior to the game that Cooks was going to be eased in anyway. So you really shouldn't have been trying to play someone when you hear that going into it. But when, when you come out of it, you have to look at this with a different lens that, you know, he didn't underperform. He just wasn't on the field as much. And that was part of the game plan. He will be more going forward. Sure. Um, all right. Seattle Falcons. Uh, this was a, a fun uh, box score to go through. Um, <laughs> no, no player had double digit touches in, <laughs> in that backfield. Um, and Carlos Hyde actually had more touches than Chris Carson. Though Chris Carson absolutely obliterated the Atlanta. Yeah, well, yeah, the area, the the, area the, the, the the catches, right? He ended up with two TDs, uh, caught all six of his targets. Um, I don't really know that there's much to say about Seattle. I mean, that was the only thing that I think really stood out to me was Chris Carson caught 100% of the balls thrown his way and did all of his work through the passing game. Atlanta, though. Well, I do, I do want to mention before we move on to Atlanta, I liked that I saw both Lockett and DK Metcalf coexist. And a lot of people think that it, they might not be able to, you know, now there, there's a big step for DK Metcalf, Lockett may lose a little bit. But the fact that they both were able to, I think they caught, or they had the exact amount of targets. They both had eight. They had 95 yards for Metcalf, 92 for Lockett. So, like, even. You know, they, they, they can do it. So that's not something to be afraid of anymore. Yeah, and then, Tom, like you were about to say with, with the Falcons, they're pretty much the guys you expected to contribute. Julio, Calvin Ridley did go out and contribute. Ridley had a huge game, nine for 130 and two touchdowns. 
Matty Ice still slinging the ball around. He doesn't seem to be having any problems, so he's still a startable guy. Uh, Russell Gage was probably the biggest surprise to a lot of people. I think I've been toting him for, as my sleeper for a while now. Um, it's that offense. We've talked about it since we did our division previews. There's a lot of targets to be shared and go around. Uh, the one guy that I didn't see do a lot was Hayden Hurst, and he's kind of still a wait and see. Uh, it's, it's one week. It's one week against a decent defense with good linebackers and Jamal Adams, who Craig mentioned in our last podcast, probably was going to shadow him, and it looks like he did. If he wasn't on Hurst, he was also in the backfield. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jamal Adams was kicking ass that entire game. Well, and so Gurley did nothing. Like, this is a this is right. a Gurley stat line. So he scored Just a touchdown. Not, yeah. He had a decent fantasy day. But 14 for 56, I think a lot of people drafted Gurley and said, okay, can he bounce back? Can he, can he bounce back over David Johnson? Right now, it looks like David Johnson's the one that's that's ready to come back. Well, I wouldn't. Uh, okay, and so I I'm, mean, I'm maybe not maybe not right off Gurley, but I'm just saying I, I think you so probably have to temper the RB two. I actually see that he. Okay, I don't like Gurley. I've mentioned it a lot. I don't think it's a, a a good play this year. However, seeing what he did against Seattle of all teams, in my opinion, is moving back in the defensive direction. Actually, you can't hate on 56 yards. But, I mean, he saved his day with the touchdown, but that's what you're going to be looking from, you know, for a girl. Right. I think this is exactly what I expected. Yeah. Yeah, and a couple of those runs were nice. He had a couple, not big gains, but decent chunks, and then uh, kind of struggled the rest of the time. Right. Um, yeah, save his day with the touchdown. Touchdowns count in fantasy. So They're just, hard to predict, but they always count. Just the funny thing before we move on, because I thought this was great. Nine receptions for Julio, Ridley, and Gage. Julio really engaged. Also have twelve targets. You'll never see that again. Yeah. So Gage likely in in hopefully somebody that didn't get drafted in a lot of leagues because he's going to be a, a priority pickup. I think for us yep. uh, coming out of week one, seeing that this is what the the Falcons are going to have to do. Now it's unfortunate they still lost because it was like an offensive explosion. It seemed like um, just not a lot of touchdowns. Something's going to break, and I, I think this distribution remains the same. Um, all right, Bills Jets. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I I am going to skip over the, the fact that, uh, that I just... I, I Are you writing off the Jets? Because this was an eye-opener. I can't... I, I loathe everything that is Adam Gase. But I think the biggest eye-opener here is that Zach Moss might be the running back to own in Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen did Josh Allen things. He supported two wide receivers uh, on the day. Uh, Stephon Diggs, you know, getting 86 yards and, and John Brown obviously having the big 20 yard touchdown. Um, but he ran in, I, what did he run in? He ran, he ran 57 yards for one TD. This is the Josh Allen. We all kind of, he's not a good, I mean, he fumbled the ball twice, right? Like he's not a good, he also got sacked three real, times, real life quarterback, but for fantasy purposes, he's, he's top five. Yeah, he has a lot to work on. I think he tries to just do too much. Sometimes you saw those fumbles; they didn't need to happen. Go down. Like you don't, yeah. you don't have to lunge and reach for a extra two yards. Just go down, dude. You're a quarterback. You make fifty yards. You make ten yards. Somebody's gonna be happy with you. Look what you know. Look what other quarterbacks do. They don't try to dive and get two more yards. Do that. You'll fumble less. We'll like you more. He missed a couple of touchdowns in the end zone. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, well, he's not. And that's yeah. and that's the thing. He's not a good real life quarterback, but he's a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah, you would um, you would have loved to see him hit that wide open guy in the end zone and add you know four touchdowns on the day instead of three. It, but you know you'll take what you get. He's still still a QB one for week one. 
Right. Yeah. And yeah. him and Diggs had a really nice connection in this game too. He, you know, Diggs caught eight out of his nine targets. Like that's not something you typically see on a week one performance without any preseason and a new quarterback and wide receiver getting together. Like this and, is and with Stefan, it hasn't really been his thing either. Right. High high conversion from targets to catches throughout his career. It mm-hmm. just it just seemed like a match made in heaven, and it's yeah. just it's glory. Just and watching. then I wanted to touch on Moss being the back to own. I don't know that he is the back to own yet. I, he was nine rushes for eleven yards, and Singletary was nine for thirty, which are both gross. I put that in the notes. Just yeah, both gross. But sure, neither one impressed on the ground. Um, Moss just happened to get the touchdown. Singletary, I don't know if he outtouched him in the passing game either, but it was. Again, he, I think it was close. He did by yeah. two, but it wasn't like anything big. It's just more or less. I think Zach Moss is is more. Um, than I thought personally he'd be, and I think he's going to be a lot like what a lot of fantasy owners had thought he would be, which is going to be in a 50-50 split. And this seems as though like a backfield I want no part of. Yeah, exactly. Really. It's, it's almost like neither is the back to own because it's a 50-50. Right. It's not a, and neither of them are amazing. And they're both giving up a ton of touches to Josh Allen, like we saw. So... Um, All right, and moving the, on, because I know Tom doesn't want to talk about the Jets, but we have no, to talk we, about we it. No, we have to talk about the Jets. We have to talk about the Jets. Um... There was nothing positive about the Jets. I mean, Jameson Jam- Crowder, Jameson Crowder um, caught a sixty-nine-yard touchdown. Uh, sixty-nine, baby. <laughs> um, but if you've been listening to us for a while, Jameson Crowder should have been a guy that you you, right. you were targeting uh, late at the end of your drafts. Uh, but we were preaching take Lev Bell on the discount, and oh boy, this does not look good. No. So and now Gase comes out today and says that you know he should have pulled Lev earlier. He should have done this. Lev might be out a couple weeks. He gave Frank Gore the ball six times like an idiot. Um, Josh Adams scored your touchdown. Josh Adams scored that. Oh god. It well, that disgusting. was that was towards the end of the game. Yeah. So I yeah. think that was all. Over I wouldn't. At that I wouldn't point. put any weight into that. But yeah, it's, it's just a gross, gross backfield that is only getting grosser by the day. Um, also, yeah, the, the like, Jets' offense. Okay, so Crowder was successful and had had a decent day. Well, I'll say a good day. But Rashad Perriman, irrelevant. Uh, Denzel Mims, irrelevant. Chris Herndon, irrelevant. So you have one viable starter, and Sam Darnold was irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was going to say that Sam Darnold didn't do anything with his thirty-five yeah. attempts. Six yards an attempt for a quarterback is is a guy that should not be belong in the league which is not what you would have expected from sam darnold three years ago when you heard he was going to be the number one quarterback coming into the yeah. into the draft i think all it is is adam Gase is not the quarterback whisperer and they should be really looking to move on from him soon for all fantasy's sake yeah and then lebel will be miraculously healthy and uh one of the league's best running backs after that so that's that's so. another thing <laughs> this could just as easily be lebel saying i'm not, i'm done i'm not playing until Gase is gone well, I yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah. We'll we'll see on the on the Gase uh, 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 piece. Um, all right, so Chicago, Detroit, come back, and, uh, <laughs> come back, and my goodness, Adrian Peterson, <laughs> yeah. what the hell happened? That's so, the spotlight. That is, and uh, he's gonna be a pickup this week. People draw. I dropped him in leagues because when he got cut by Washington, I was like, "There's no ch- no chance right. another team's gonna sign him, bring him in." And not only did the Detroit Lions do that, they gave him the ball 14 times over the guy they drafted, uh, DeAndre Swift, and carry on uh, poopy on uh, it, uh, unreal 14 for 93, and he caught the ball three times. Three like, times. It looks like AP is going to be so the back to own he, here. He got. What 
Matt Patricia did with LeGarrette Blunt. Yep. His first year. And I, I apologize to all the listeners. I made the joke after the podcast last week that he was going to get the LeGarrette Blunt treatment because that's what Patricia likes to do is just give it to a vet that compounded inside. And it turns out Matt Patricia is going to give the ball to Adrian Peterson because he's a vet and compounded inside. So keep that in mind going forward. It's not going to change. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but he got what I thought Fournette would get. The treatment. Yep. And he, I Fournette agree. did not. AP got it, and I was like, Jesus, and he's on my bench. Yep. I got Fournette in my lineup and AP on my bench, and couldn't have been more wrong. We have AP in a couple leagues, too, in our Vampire League. He was sitting on our bench. But, yeah, oh, oh boy, the Adrian Peterson. One other thing I wanted to point it out. Quez Cephas. Yes. Quintez Cephas. Qu- uh, Quintez Cephas. I'm thinking of Quez Watkins from the Eagles. Right. Quintez Cephas. Uh, Actually, it might be Cephas. But I'm not positive. So he is on the he's on the depth chart backed up Galladay. So this is what you yeah, were this saying. Is what I, this is what I was saying. Ten I said, targets. I said remember his name because if Galladay oh, he's is sucked. out, no. But if Galladay is out, he's going to be used because he's the only other style of wide receiver that Galladay is on that team. Now, when Galladay comes back, this guy will he completely gets 10 disappear. Targets. He'll completely disappear, and you won't use and you you know you won't see him. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm just pointing it out because he had a high vault. He had 10 targets, and I can't wait to see Galladay on the football field. The one thing you did hit on in this matchup was TJ Hawkinson as your sleeper match. Yes, TJ yeah. Hawkinson. Yes, Hawkinson, 5 for 5 with a TD. I would expect that to change when Galladay's back as Agreed. well. Agreed. Um, yeah, Mitch Trubisky for most of the game didn't look startable or playable. Towards the end, he put together a good drive, and they won. But that's... Yeah, I mean, he again. It's how how long can we say the jury's out on this guy? He's been in the league for five years. It's not long until <laughs> the full switch happens, in my opinion. Yeah, again, six yards an attempt. Yeah, it's not another quarterback it that should not realistically be starting. Now he was six point seven, so he got a little bit of a, a bump over the Darnold, but fifty five completion fifty five percent completion percentage. That's so bad. It it's not great. Um but Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller managed to put up at least decent fantasy numbers. Right. I think I think A-Rob, you can be starting with confidence. Anthony Miller is a guy I want on my team, and I want to have him as a flex play because these are the lines you're going to get. It's probably going to be hit or miss having being tied to Trubisky. Um, but this is what I would expect moving forward is these – Four catch, 70-yard 70, 70 lines for both these guys, and one of them's going to end up with a TD. Um, Monty, that's that's the other piece here. Right. Is I think a lot of people had question marks about Monty. Averaging about five yards a carry, um, but again, it, bad offense. Like, this is just not a good offense. I don't really know what we can expect from Monty moving forward. And and I don't – this is what I'll say. Is I don't want to put too much stock into Monty, as well as I, I think that 64 yards is going to be his average at the end of the season. But he did have that groin injury that he came back with really early. Um, they did say that he looked fine. You know, obviously he played. Um, and I don't want to create excuses for people. But if there was anyone in any time, I think, I think a little bit – um, you know, can be written off on, on this one. Um, I mean, he didn't get a touchdown. I mean, you, you look at what we talked about with Todd Gurley and how he had around 50 yards and he got the touchdown, so he was fantasy relevant. But if Montgomery got the touchdown, he would look fantasy relevant. It's just that's how running back positions are sometimes. You have that guy that's only going to do 60, you know, 70 yards. He just has to get the touchdown. Yeah. Um, all right, Green Bay, Minnesota. 
shootout. Oh, oh boy, did Green Bay put on a uh, put on a clinic? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers four TDs. Uh, Devontae Adams just got peppered, and we're sitting here going, "Who's the wide receiver two in Green Bay?" Oh, come to find out, Monday morning, there's still no friggin' clarity between Lazard yeah. and MVS. Uh, so MVS four catches, six targets, had a 45 yard bomb. But Lazard catches all four of his targets, gets a TD for 63 yards. So, I mean, in my opinion, I still think Lazard is is the number two there. Uh, you take away that one play for MVS, and, and we're not even talking about MVS at all. Um, right. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I think that seeing what Aaron Jones did, seeing what AJ – I mean, there was a lot of people thinking, okay – AJ Dillon's coming in and he's taking the TDs. He's going to take, he, he was, he was irrelevant for, yeah. for the game. Uh, so I think Aaron Jones shares, you know, if you have Aaron Jones shares, you should feel comfortable. I just, I don't know moving forward. I mean, I am not going to suggest to start MVS. Lazard's a guy that I may look at in tip in potential shootouts, but yeah. So this is the thing, right? So they had a high scoring matchup. Like there was, they were almost trading off at a certain point and they, they really were, uh, it was all air. Um, you know, look on the Minnesota side. We'll, we'll get to it in a second, but just you know, to make my point, Dalvin Cook didn't get that much work, and so a lot of it was in the air. So Devonte Adams had 17 targets. Marquez Valdez Scantling, I don't know why I tried to say his name, <laughs> um, had six targets, and Lazard had four. Now, if this is the shootout, and this is what their ceiling is going to be in a shootout, then there's no way you're going to see more of MVS and Alan Lazard than what you saw in this game here. So this is essentially their ceiling if they are going to have the three wide receivers. So they're not going to be able to coexist. So I wouldn't put too much stock into either MVS or Lazard until it is clear who the number two actually is. Yeah, and one of the weirder things to me on this line is that Jamal Williams was involved at all. Seven rushes and four receptions on six targets. Like, I thought this, A.J. Dillon was supposed to come in and take all this work, and you've got Jamal Williams and actually Tyler Irvin showing up on the box score. So, personally, I would assume that those targets don't actually even go to a running back. They just get redistributed to MVS and Lazard in future games. But like Craig said, if this is going to be their ceiling in a shootout, that's troubling. You know, a guy that we... One of those two between MVS and Lazard, we all assumed would be fantasy relevant as a wide receiver two or a flex play. And without the touchdowns in these games, I guess MVS is with maybe nine points. But that's even dicey it's it's just they're they're low-end flex plays if that's going to be the case and and that's again in a shootout so yeah it's um that's that's where we go from there there's really not much else to talk about you hit on aaron jones yep. um and like i had hinted at as well was dalvin cook didn't get that much work 12 rushing attempts for a guy you just paid 12.6 million dollars a year is not cutting it and so i've talked about this before right there's opportunities in in offenses where it's your attempts plus your targets he only had two more opportunities than Alexander Madison. Madison had six carries, four targets, and seemingly was far more efficient than than Cook was. He just didn't get the TDs. That's scary to me. Yeah, Madison looked like a beast too. Like he would take three steps and was already five yards down the field, popping a linebacker in the mouth. Like that's what he was. That's how Madison was playing, and Cook seemed a little bit more. And I don't want to say that Madison's better than Cook. I'm not going there. But it just looked like Madison was doing good, and that's why they were using him a lot well, as well. A, a big concern I've had with Dalvin Cook is we've, we've seen the injuries. We've seen the big ones that have ended his seasons, and we've seen last year where he missed a game or two towards the end, whether that was a function of too much usage or whatever it might be. 
I was very, very concerned, and I still even even more after seeing him get 12 rushes, are they going to play it easy with him and assume that they can win games without overusing him all season? And if that is the case, if they can put up 30, sorry, 34 points without using Dalvin Cook, 34 points should win you a lot of games. Right. So they might actually be looking at this and say, I'm not that worried. Let's do this again next week which is yeah. bad, bad news for Dalvin Cook owners, if that's the case. Right, and I think it just goes to prove that Madison is the handcuff to own and could potentially in, in week three or four start providing flex appeal, appeal by himself. Also, just an update on the game right now, Darius Slayton is eating. Killing it. Is he? He just made yes. a great catch across you're, the middle for like 15 You're welcome yards. if you listen to this podcast because we were hyping up Darius Slayton all offseason. Yeah. Slayton is uh, filthy. He's sitting on my bench somewhere. And Danny Dimes is throwing. It's Dimes. Unfortunate. But next matchup. Yeah. All right. So, Patriots-Dolphins. Uh, Cam Newton looks like a top 10 quarterback right now. I don't think he's going to finish as a top 10 quarterback. I think he's going to be that middling, uh, low-end QB1, QB2. But he's going to have weeks like this where he finds the end zone a couple times uh, and, and puts up 25 points, and he's one of the top leading scorers at the QB position. Yeah, I mean, he almost clipped 80% completion percentage. I know the sample size is small, 15 for 19, but 78.9% counts. They all It all counts. And he had a couple batted at the line that are probably completions if they don't get batted. So um, he's trending up. He's, he's as good, if not better, than people thought he would be in New England. Uh, doesn't seem like he had any any qualms picking up the system, or at least the system that McDaniels was able to install with him. So he's got to find some rapport with these receivers because they didn't do a lot. Uh, for they just didn't yeah. do a lot at all. These, I mean. the, and, and so that was another note that we had, and specifically something that I saw in the game was that the, you're not going to be able to tell who the the week one pass catcher is. No. You're going to throw Edelman out there as a wide receiver three and hope it hits. Unfortunately, I think the days of him being a 90-catch guy are, are over, especially in this offense, because those options looked filthy. I mean, they looked so good. And if you're the owner of a Pats running back, you hate Cam Newton right now. Yeah. <laughs> what I will say is that if they can take the options that they've been running and transfer that into an RPO-type offense— Edelman will be the beneficiary of that on quick short so slant routes. This one guy that runs Ed, them. Edelman will be correct. And that's, always, that's it. They're always ever-changing um, with, with McDaniels and Belichick and what they scheme. And you saw it with Jacoby Brissett when Tom Brady had his suspension and then Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. This was years back. And what they did was is they took Brissett and did what he was going to do well with, which was run a little bit, do a little run RPO stuff. So they're going to grow and put more into the offense, but this is new. This is the first game, so they're going to run. And this is all game plan design. I think at a certain point, maybe by week four or five, you'll see more of a passing um, you know, strategy. But this was absolutely the strategy for game one. And I even I think I mentioned to Corey at some point, I'm like, you're not going to see them pass 30 times. And they didn't even get to 20. Yep. And, um, and then from the running perspective, it's the same thing it's been in New England forever. We have no no idea who to play. Nope. Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, J.J. Taylor, Julian Edelman, James White, all ran the ball. J.J. In addition, J.J. Taylor was our best running back on the yeah. field. I don't care what yeah. anybody says. But Cam Newton ran the ball 15 times without touches at everybody. everybody. And by the time that J.J. Taylor becomes fantasy relevant, like involved – Darius, uh, Dem- what is his name? Damian Harris. Damian Harris, Harris yeah. is going to be back. So. And, I mean, honestly, you take – Sony Michelle was probably fantasy relevant this week. He scored 10 points because he had a touchdown on the goal line. If you take that off his, his scoring card and you give that to Cam Newton, which really he could do at any point he wants, it seems, right. Sony's not relevant either. So 
This is a very, very dicey backfield to buy into. I don't really want any part of it. Unfortunately, I have. You have Sony. I have Dynasty. Sony and James. Yeah. So I have, I have, J- I have James, and uh, I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah. I um. Mean, it, it. Yeah. Who knows? It, and then it's, it's not looking good. But let, then let's flip over to the other backfield, which yeah. is just as big of a question. And not the, if we gave a multiple choice test at the beginning of the year, we probably wouldn't even have Miles Gaskin on the list. No. of Who's going to be the guy? Yeah. No. It, <laughs> it would have been E other right in. Um. And. Miles Gaston comes out and out touches Matt Breida and Jordan Howard. And, and out targets Breida. Yeah. Which yeah. blows my mind. So I just, Gaskins was on the team last year. Well, Patrick Laird also out targeted Matt Breida. Nuts. <laughs> I, heard, I heard Patrick yes, Laird say, I'm like, he's still on the team? That's, that's true. Um, I started looking for Mark Walton. <laughs> get, so no, he's, he's, he's gone. He's in, jail. he's in jail. So Howard gets the TD. But. He looks worse than Balazs. Oh, beyond could, that, eight rushes for seven yards. I don't know how he got in the end zone going backwards. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think Howard is still the play in that backfield just because of the TD opportunity. Breed is a big wait and see for me now. I, I mean, I think long term this does not continue. Right. Uh, but you cannot play Breed. Well, and, and again, we got to talk game flow because they were down. Right. And the Patriots have a phenomenal secondary. Like, and they were holding the ball nearly the entire game. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's kind of you can't totally blame the running the you know the running distribution or the running attack. But Miles Gaskin still out touching everybody is, is just baffling. And then. Fitzpatrick, I don't even care. He's never going to start. No touchdowns, three picks. That's what you expect from him. Tua, the Tua chance will be starting if we ever ever get stands back or fans back in the yeah. stands. Yeah, that was part um, of my prediction. So I don't know. That might that might so, be wrong. That, so so truth. real quick, let's let's move off this game um, real quick. But the volume was there for Preston Williams to have a good game. He only caught two of his seven targets. Um, and Parker had an underwhelming game, but I, you know, he's, he's the kind of I guy that be, only needs a couple catches. I to wouldn't be take, too concerned. This was, this I was, wouldn't either. The secondary for the Patriots is in my opinion, the best in the league. It's not a Homer thing. Like you saw it yeah. last year as, as players, we know they have two of the top best pro football focus graded corners in the last two years. And you know who took a huge step forward? I know we don't talk defense, but Joe Juan Williams looks like a monster out there. Yeah. He was lined up on tight ends, and he's locking them down. So be careful against – normally I think we used to say you might be safe starting a tight end against New England secondary or, or their defense. I don't know if that's even going to be the case no. this year. So no, yeah. more, no more Pat Chung to get think, injured one play. I think it's still, uh, still stay clear. Um, okay, uh, the football team – the Washington no names. Yes, the Washington and who knows. The Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I don't know what side we want to start on. I, you know, I we'll we'll start on on Washington side. Haskins looks like shit. <laughs> Haskins looks so. Fu- he was three for eleven at one point. Five point seven yards per. What the? F- I can't. I I just can't. I mean, Alex Smith, please, you yeah. and your your dummy leg, get on the damn. This field. is a team where you go. You couldn't use Alex Smith, maybe you couldn't. You couldn't assign Cam Newton for a million bucks. You know, <laughs> didn't yeah, even bring him Ron in. Rivera. Didn't even bring him in. Yeah. So <laughs> they're gonna ride him out. They're gonna see what he's got. Apparently, um, who knows what he actually has? Uh, they would. You would think if he was passing that poorly that they would be running a lot more. And and they did try to run, right? They did. They did. They did. Seventeen attempts for one of their running backs. I'll I'll, I'll tell you his name in a second. But that running back that had 17 attempts also had 29 rushing yards, and that was Peyton Barber. 
Yeah, one point seven average is terrible. He got he two, saved touchdowns. His day with two touchdowns. Two, two TDs <laughs> is always nice. Oh, and Antonio Gibson, the darling of the offseason, got nine rushing attempts for thirty six yards with a four. 0.0 yards per carry. So maybe, I don't know, try to use that next time. I think we'll see Gibson get more involved. I just think that Barber's experience uh, probably gave him the, the opportunity to get some of those those TDs. I talk uh, about it all the time with rookie. how many times do you need to see him run into a brick wall to know that he's, not, I don't know, making not making anything for himself? But I think I mentioned all the time with rookie running backs. I don't think Gibson was on the field a lot because Barber was doing blitz pickup and being a little bit yeah. better at it, and he has to be on the field as not even a decoy, but just they got to run the ball with the guy that's on the field doing the blitz pickup, so they don't they don't know. Okay, hey, it's a pass this time. Barber's in. So game flow. Who knows? I can't believe they won the game. There's something to talk about. Yeah. So let's talk about <laughs> Philly because oh boy, what a shit show. And um, you, you lose your. You I mean you lose your starting running back with only a couple days notice? That hurts. Sure. But Lane Johnson didn't play. Yeah. I mean, there was question marks everywhere. But I think overall the offense looked good. And good teams figure it out. I don't like seeing Carson Wentz throw the ball 42 times. I will say that because every year where Carson Wentz has thrown over 600 attempts, he has not had good years. He's had very good years when he's passed 530 to 550 times. Uh, But he threw it 42 times, two picks, two TDs. Uh, they so, need Miles Sanders back. Tom, you mentioned the 42. They also dropped back eight other times that he got planted into the ground. So they tried 50 times. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's a very good point. Yes, he was sacked eight times. Um, so, but let's talk about the pass catchers because I wouldn't have... So Goddard just absolutely took Ertz and said, go home, baby. Uh, Zach Ertz was erased if it wasn't for a a TD, but Goddard goes over 100 yards with a TD. Rager, oh my God, does he look like Deshaun Jackson. I don't know if you watched the 55-yard bomb, but absolutely burnt the corner. Corey probably knows who the corner was. Absolutely smoked him. Um, So my opinion looking at that, I I look at Rager and go, okay, there's there's potential here for this guy to be a weekly starter. Um, yeah, it was Fabian Moreau. I mean, the thing is, too, is he... I don't know if he's good he or not. He really but. practiced, like, the last two days before the before the game, and he's still a rookie. So they, they used that one route. They got that. He went to the sidelines. He didn't play that much, but he will he will be more involved moving forward. And the Goddard thing over Ertz is um, uh, Ertz wants a contract. So the GM said, hey, uh, Doug, you know, you're not going to play Ertz as much. Yeah. <laughs> um, get this other guy. Joking, joking aside... That is actually very important to note because, you know, Goddard was a 15th round pick and Ertz was a fifth round pick in fantasy drafts. And I think they're going to be used very similarly. And I think this is not just an overreaction. I think that this is something that a lot of people were hinting on. I know that we talked about it a little bit, that they are going to use multiple tight ends. And they've tried to do it in the past with Trey Burton. Um, You know, he moved on and, and then they got Goddard that year. And so it's just something I think you're going to see going forward. You're going to have Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rieger go deep. And that's just, I just think that you can't laugh at the fact that the second tight end got 100 receiving yards on eight catches and a touchdown. I think that's going to be a main thing going forward. Yes. Um, okay. I want to talk about uh, the Raiders and Panthers. I'm going to scratch off two players real quick. Josh Jacobs, CMC, are the Raiders and the Panthers of their respective teams. They are both filthy, both exactly what you wanted. Um, I'm gonna, I, I want to say this because fuck Gase. Robbie Anderson with no Adam Gase exploded. 
Yep, he's a killer. Okay, so now let's let's put common denominator Gase back on all of his players. They all do well without Gase. I think it made it very clear who Carolina's number two wide receiver is after this game. Um, and uh, after this game, it looks like he's their number one, and DJ Moore might be number two. But he, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a that's a fair point. I still favor DJ Moore. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, from that perspective. I mean, our, I could be singing a different so, tune in week six. You so know, this is this is how I know that this is changing, right? And this is uh, I was a Curtis Samuel truther, right? And that's that I've, I've I've died on that. And and after this alive. game, after this game, it's easy for me to say now Robbie Anderson over Curtis Samuel. That I, being said, Craig, if you take away the seventy-five yard touchdown bomb. Anderson and Samuel had the same day. They did five for forty ish. They, they they did, but they also he also got the eight targets, and yep. I think with that actual completion bomb and the two point conversion directly after that they went to him for, they're going to say this is a weapon that we want to continue to use. Oh yeah, I mean he he does add that element of just an absolute burner on the outside, and he can do it against anybody at any time. And that's why he, I think, is the better fantasy option. And on the other side, you get a burner there, too. Yeah. Henry Ruggs. Um, yeah, he had a 45-yard bomb. And then other than that, he was... And he missed he the end zone by cheap. a yard. He also yeah. missed, like, like, two quarters, too. Something like that. I think he came back. Maybe it was right after the half, or if it was in the third or fourth quarter, whatever it was. He missed time. And, you know, so you, you got to kind of take a little bit off, uh, off the top there. Three receptions for 55 yards is, is still decent for a guy that people only talked about as being a burner. Uh, well, I think he's going to have more than that going forward. One underwhelming part of the uh, Raider offense, what I almost called them Oakland offense, um, Hunter Renfro, two targets, two catches. I mean, 21 yards, did what he could, but I expected to see him a lot more involved. Him and Brian Edwards, for that matter. I expected to see them both much more involved in Yes. I guess when Josh Jacobs touches the ball 25 times, it's, it's a little tougher. Well, Jacobs got six targets. Too. Yeah. So, I mean, so, yeah, it's called 31 times. It's it's very clear that Josh Jacobs is yep. the, is the, 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 uh, oh, Juju's in the red zone. Yeah. And, um, and Darren Waller had eight targets. So it's like, it's kind of the same offense as they had last year with J- Jacobs and the tight end, but a couple guys maybe starting to bubble up rugs, with yeah. rugs and yep. you, know, you see what else happens. But Ren- um, Renfro and Edwards seem to be back burner guys at this point. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Jags, Colts. Um, this was a fun game to actually watch. I wouldn't have thought so. I didn't. I, I didn't end up watching the whole game. I saw bits and pieces of it, but I did see stat lines after. Lost my survivor for um, week one. <laughs> Year, <laughs> yearly take, tradition. Right? They're doing a Colts. terrible job. You took the Colts, Tank yeah. for Trevor. Um, I know. Like Min- it's because Minshew. It's just, dude. It's classic Jags. They can't even tank right, dude. <laughs> Min- Minshew was one completion away from going perfect. Ugh. Um, three touchdowns too. I mean, like it's not like he wasn't whipping the ball around. He's he's so he much fun. Game. He's out there to prove something, you know, and he's got nothing to lose. So I, let's just talk about him for a second because I think he's going to end up being a streaming option at some point throughout the season because he has those weapons there. But I don't know if you can tell who the wide receiver is to own because right now we all. I don't know if you guys remember two years ago. Keelan Cole was supposed to be the Jags wide receiver, and then he was seemingly erased. Yes, I now was a huge Cole two, guy. We go into 2020, and DJ Shark's the guy to own, and he's seemingly just nowhere to be found. He only had three targets. And LaVisca Chanel came in and played well. And Chanel comes in. So it's like this revolving door of, I. if I had to make my bet, I'm going to make it on DJ Shark. So this is not a knock on him at all. 
But it's just, if history continues to repeat itself, the guy you think it's going to be is not the yeah. guy. It's been um, like this for years with them. It's, and then we it's have ridiculous. So, they have so many like no-name guys. Well, speaking of no-name guys, the, the running game. We, we all talked all right. week. Divine Zigbo, uh, James Robinson, uh, Chris Thompson. Uh, there's another one in the mix, too. Who cares? Well, Armstead. Well, but Armstead, I mean, right. it, it, it helped that Zingbo hit IR. Armstead's on whatever. Uh, and then, But then even Chris Thompson comes in and does nothing. Two catches on two targets, while James Robinson has 16 carries. Yeah. Beautiful. Like, hey, he's the guy. Yeah. So, I mean, James Robinson, I think, is the guy to own. It's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes out when Armstead comes back off of the COVID list. Uh, Chris Thompson's droppable, in my opinion. If this is how this offense is going to look, he's droppable. Yeah, uh, and I think you'd agree with that. So, and and he's gonna he might even be one of those roller coaster players all year too, where he's he's added and dropped, and always a must start, always this. You know, I, I had the nerve to say he was a must start at one point <laughs> um, because I thought that they were going to be playing down, and turns out that was not the case. I'm like glad they, uh... they they kind of were down, like they really did win it towards the end, but realistically, they were in this whole game. Um, and so they, they, they did a lot. Um, granted, we don't know how many real fantasy relevant players are going to come from this team in the future. So moving over to probably the biggest, the biggest storyline of this entire week comes from the Indianapolis Colts backfield. Yes. So, and that, that's what I'm going to say. We got to get, we got to start talking about this. So Mac looked okay. I mean, <laughs> I never said, giving the finger to Tom. I never <laughs> said Mac was a bad running back. Yes. I, I want that to be known. No, that is true. I never said he was a bad running back. Um, he looked good. I, I mean, did, however, th- think Jonathan Taylor was going to get more run than he did before Mac got injured. Well, that's what I was going to say. So Mac looked to be like they were going to ride right, him. Right, exactly. And Taylor did not look very involved. Mm-hmm. And then Mac tears his Achilles <laughs> in Whoops. The, the early second quarter. It was yeah. early. It was early. And, it was early. I mean, he only had four carries at that point, And I think he even had a couple. Ca- he, yeah, he had three. Three catches, three catches three for yards. thirty yards. He looked all right. I mean, who knows? Who knows what would happen, right? Nobody knows at this point. But what we do know is that he's out. He's done for the season, right? And Jonathan and Taylor is probably the guy. He got nine Marlon carries, Mack. but Naheem Hines had the performance of his damn life. And Craig's been toting this guy since Nam, and he's finally <laughs> hit seven rushes, twenty-eight yards, a touchdown. He had a bunch of catches, another receiving touchdown in there too. It, who maybe it's a now it's a 50-50 split again with two actual guys who can play football fantastic it's a much less convoluted running back room with two guys instead of three absolutely Correct. that clears itself up where both of these players will be fantasy relevant absolutely startable almost all the time now i want to see jonathan taylor do better than 9 for 22 but i think and a, he's and he's going to i think a week full of gonna, practice with the first team and yada yada i mean hines went seven rushing yards for or, i mean seven attempts for 28 yards which is also not that fantastic you know a little better than taylor but uh he's not the pure running back he is the pure pass catching back i think jonathan taylor can also take a little bit of that uh, as well since you know taylor did have six receptions himself um, which i was surprised to see we talked about that leading yes in. um we didn't really see him do it in college, but we talked about it maybe wasn't necessary for him to do it in college. He just he can, he just doesn't. Right. And so, that appears to be it. Right. And when people sit there and say and I was I was watching it over uh with Straker and Berkey, and I'm going, Jonathan Taylor's not a pass catching back. Oh, but he's six for six, right? And it's just one of those deals where it's like, you know, you can't say a guy can't do it when he hasn't had the opportunity to prove right. to you that he can do it. The shocking thing to me. Was there was about fifteen targets to the running back position by 
by Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers loves to throw um, to his running backs. And then where the hell was Jack Doyle's stat line? Like, okay, it wasn't great, but he's going to be involved. He's going to be involved. But Mo Alley Cox also had two. So tight end. And that's the thing. What a name. You know, Trey Burton is on the IR currently. So that was another guy that I know actually hearing in camp that they wanted. Uh, to do well, and I'm hearing, oh, a Colts tight end doing well. whoop de doo And then Rivers likes to throw the tight end. So that is going to be something moving forward. Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines. I really don't want people to overreact on the Hines hype. He did have the, the two touchdowns. But realistically, the overall yardage he had was, you know, around that 70-yard mark. So another kind of normal running back. Jonathan Taylor is going to be the guy to own in this, in this backfield. I know we're going to get into more on that in the next podcast. So go ahead and give a listen there. And one more thing I want to add before we move on to anything is that Paris freaking Campbell, good job, Corey, for making him a sleeper of the week (laughs) because he is going to be involved. And if he could have got a touchdown. If he got a touchdown, he's a he's a top twelve running uh, top twelve wide receiver this week. Yep. Ty didn't have a bad game, but didn't have a good game. He's right in the middle of the pack, four for fifty three, nine targets. Like to see him convert more of those. And you know the guy I thought would might be more involved and wasn't was Michael Pittman. And and I yeah I, I. I don't want to toot toot, but I don't think that he's going to be involved that much right away. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you told me that off the bat, and I saw him. I just we talked about it when we were doing our rookie preview, and I saw six four two two thirty. Oh, you got like, you, you fall in love with the size yeah, and athleticism, <laughs> but realistically, you know who's routes. looking nice? Who's six four two twenty right now? Chase Claypool. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's go to the Ravens Browns. Yes, sir. Go to the NFC. Uh, where are they? The NFC North. AFC North. <laughs> um, I, 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 we're going to try and speed through some of the stuff. I have like nothing to say about the Ravens except for they're exactly who the Raven, you would expect the Ravens to be. Hollywood gets a hundred yards. Mark Andrews gets a couple TDs and then the running backs get a couple TDs. The only thing is it wasn't Mark Ingram. It was J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. So let uh this one roll. So Ingram had more, more attempts than Dobbins and and Dobbins, you know, touchdown was, was a wheel route and it was, it was kind of. Uh, I don't want to say wheel route. He 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 took he, the uh, pitch, um, and so it, it was more speed in that moment. But you know, Gus Edwards is also involved. We are going to get into this in the next podcast, um, so go ahead and listen to that as well. Another uh, Craig, push. Craig is already pushing. You've pushed it twice in the last two minutes. Well, I'm hoping they see, they hear that because we're not going to talk too much about it. Um, all right, so so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. But oh boy, uh, if you're a Nick Chubb owner. Uh, seeing uh, Kareem Hunt out-touch and out-yard Nick Chubb could be a problem, uh, and the Browns can't even score a touchdown. Yeah, they look terrible. Let's remember the Ravens are a great team on defense. So sure. There, there's that. There's that caveat. But Kareem Hunt outrushed him. He out-targeted him. He out-caught him. He out-earned him on all yardage. That's troubling, and Baker sucks. So, Odell irrelevant. Jarvis Landry had a decent game, um, and Joku cut a touchdown, but he's on IR now. Austin Hooper, who they paid all the money in the world to go out and get, did Erased. nothing. So, uh, well, with Njoku gone now, I think you know he has he to still do it. right. Yeah, that'll that'll change. Starting Hooper, yeah, that'll he change. has to be the guy. And, and again, it is one of those things where it is the Ravens' defense where they are they were scrambling to try to get things to work together. Um, and Stefanski, I feel confident in figuring out, but I wouldn't say Odell Beckham was irrelevant. I'll say that 10 targets and only three receptions is very relevant. Yes, true. You, I can say he's relevant and uh, underperforming. Underperforming again. I, so Again. And you can play Baker. This is, well, and I was going to say, this is one of the games that I'd like to go back and watch because I have a feeling seven of those... 
were terrible. Drops or incompletions or whatever were just bad passes from Baker. Safe bet. Uh, but yeah, ten, I mean, 10 targets is great. Uh, Chargers, Bengals. Um, Burrow looks nice. Burrow looks okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't be like tooting the Burrow game, horn game right now. Um, but he looks good. He figured out a way to get nine targets to A.J. Green. Um, and then I think really after A.J. Green, I mean, it's, it's Boyd is there. But I think this... I think it was very clear this offense is going to run through Burrow and not Mixon. Um, and I just, before we really get into it, uh, Mixon and Mike Williams 69 with each other this game. Uh, both of them with 69 yards. And um, Well, that's the, not counting Mixon's passing, passing yards or whatever. And the, the one thing I want to throw in about Joe Burrow, decent game throwing it, 23-36, one touchdown. No, sorry, no touchdowns. But he did add the touchdown on the feet, 8 for 46 yep. running. And we always talk about it. Yep. Mobile Russian quarterbacks have added fantasy value, not only because the yards are worth more points individually, but touchdowns. Yep. Let's go. Yeah, and they, they are going to do that, but I, I feel concerned if they are going to, with a young quarterback, try and run him like this, that it may end up backfiring in their face. Granted, but what, did I, what did I say? Half of his, exactly half of his rushing yards was on that one long touchdown run. But what did I say long, long ago? Joe Burrow is a better passing Josh Allen, and I would love to see him actually do that in the NFL. So, yeah. so oh, I'm for hoping sure. they I, go in that route a little yeah. bit more. I think they're going in the right direction. I think it was positive to see Burrow, and you can obviously see the ceiling. There's a lot of good and, and a lot of bad, but partly yeah. because the Bengals are bad. Um, Chargers, uh, yeah, Mike Williams injured. Uh, sure. Catches four of nine passes. Like, what the heck? He, the dude's injured and gets nine targets. What the hell? And he gets 69 yards, uh, which is always good. But the backup running back position, here we go. Again, a lot of people buying into Justin Jackson, and Josh Kelly comes out out of nowhere and says, hey, I'm here. I'm a thing. I mean, we. this is like the story right now of these RB2s. Josh Kelly, Zach Moss, Naheem Hines. You have these running backs kind of coming out of nowhere. I mean, I, I don't know I necessarily am going to buy into the Josh Kelly camp, but I'm I'm definitely selling all shares of Justin Jackson. Yeah, if selling, I have Justin I Jackson, he's droppable. No yeah, nobody's buying. buying. Uh, what, jo- Josh lot, Kelly. I mean, no, a lot of people were buying Justin Jackson. At one point. I, we weren't. Right. I, I will say that we weren't, but a lot of people were buying Justin Jackson. Oh, saying, I mean, I was know. I was taking him in the the very last round of draft, saying you know, yeah, no, I why not? I, I made uh, I was making the case in one of our podcast leagues to take Justin Jackson. There are times that I was I was on him, but a- after this game, I'm not. Yeah, I, but <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Josh, Josh Kelly, maybe him and Eckler are going to have a little Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler thing going. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm here for it, so I'll watch that. Tyrod Taylor. Not a startable quarterback. Um, Hunter yeah. Henry, probably your your shining light for receivers. And okay. they did they did like, say that they're going to try yeah, and get Austin Eckler involved more, which is a positive direction. We meaning um, you know he only had 19 rushing attempts, which is something that I would love for all of well, my running and backs. To, to and have. to see Austin Eckler with one reception on one target is they, yeah, a very non Eckler stat line. And 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 if Tyrod Taylor cannot support Eckler the way that Philip Rivers did, Eckler's going to bust. Well, and I think at that point, Justin Herbert will be on the field. Sure, and that's fair. Um, all right, Saints versus Bucks. Game we of the were, week. We were all excited to watch yeah. this game, and I feel like it flopped. 
I, well, I really feel like this game flopped. First of all, barely cleared the over, you scumbags. 50, <laughs> 57 points. I think the, the line was 53 and a half. Like, so. it, was, it was actually, I'm not. It's all right. You hit the under on the, the Texans and yes. the Chiefs game by half a point. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, the over-under shifted from 54 and a half early uh, in the week to 47 and a half. So, <laughs> Ronald Jones... Who seemingly I think everybody wrote off because honestly, once Fournette went there, I said, "Okay, this is Fournette's backfield. He looks like the starter, and he looks like a good running back." I mean, you watched him play; he was involved eh. in the. Re- I mean, three point nine yard per carry is not that great. It's good for him though. We're grading him on the wrong Jones scale. Yeah, I mean, he had a long run. He had a good, good twenty one yard scamper, but you know. But Fournette didn't touch the ball. I mean, Fournette right. had what two carries? Right, and I think that's a smart move five carries for five the yards. coach to Thank not you. play Fournette right now. I think Fournette is easily, if you have him on Jacksonville, he's being drafted in the uh, in the third round of fantasy drafts for a reason because he's a talented running back. You put him on Tampa Bay, uh, you know, obviously things change, but Ronald Jones is still on Tampa Bay where you were drafting him in the eighth round. It's talent, in my opinion, will outweigh and clear up this backfield at some point. The problem. With Leonard Fournette, looking at his stat line, is he had five rushes for five yards and a long of six yards. Yeah. <laughs> so that, which yeah, means so he went backwards on he four. Went on four. <laughs> um, and so right now I'm going to say Ronald Jones is a starter until further notice, and this is me, and you guys may have a sure. different opinion. But until Ronald Jones proves that he is worse than going backwards four times like Leonard Fournette, <laughs> he's going to continue to be the one on the field. Um, Fair enough. And, and again, I didn't see Fournette on the goal line. I didn't see him in specific sets. I didn't see him set up in a position and, to succeed at and, all. And to Craig's point, I mean, he just got there, and this could be a function of let's ease him in. I mean, well, and it absolutely could. Well, be. Who, who's rougher on new guys in an offense than Tom Brady? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, yeah. he's not a guy who says, you "Oh, see, you just showed up on Wednesday. You, you can see, play by Sunday." Did you see Mike Evans at certain points in All Star wide receiver in the NFL? feel like he was like a dog whimpering back to his owner like oh no i'm gonna get yelled at by tom so tom looked like he wanted to quit on the sideline too he did not look happy i'm pissed you used my word coexist a couple times because i used it here (laughs) i do not think there is a world and i've said this and this is why i picked mike evans as a bust that brady is going to be able to support godwin and evans as two top wide receiver ones scotty fucking miller the, the the safety blanket for Brady was the second most targeted player on this team. Do you it mean succeeded. Julian Edelman's clone? Yes, Thank of you. course. <laughs> Thank you. The slot guy always wins. And then, oh, by the way, he's finding O.J. Howard. Oh, oh, he clearly went to Arians and said, I love Gronk, but O.J. Howard is who I want to pass to. I, I want to mention, too, we argued, I mean, probably on the podcast, but also in real life, all of us, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Who's going to be the top 10 receiver? Who's the one that he's not going to support? Can he support two? We left out an important option. He might have neither one as a top 10 wide receiver. That is a very, very possible outcome that we didn't even really consider when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. That Chris Godwin and Mike Evans could both be outside the top tier or top 10 wide receivers in this league. I would not be surprised at all looking at these stat lines. Six for 79 on seven targets for Chris Godwin. Uh, Mike Evans is hurt, but it's one target. Or and, sorry, four targets on one catch. And neither of those are neither of those are stat lines I want to buy into right now. And before you tell me that the Saints have a good defense, not you guys, but just anyone in general, or trying to make the argument against it, 
this was still a high scoring affair and Tom Brady's really good at that where, you know, he also passed the ball 36 times and this is the stat line that you saw. So as we talked about with the green Bay Packers being in a shootout and what they ended up having as an outcome, this is going to be very similar as what there now it could interchange to other players, but realistically, are we all in on all of these players being a top fantasy option? Now, Football is different than fantasy. Yeah. And I agree. And just breaking news on the podcast, James Conner questionable to return with an ankle injury. So. Sorry, Dows. What is it? Six. <laughs> Dows looks like he's going to throw us. Six <laughs> rushing attempts. Could he at least fumbled first? So then. <laughs> yeah, so we could have won. And literally, two, one fumble, we would be winning in our Vampire League right now. Um,. All right, sorry to derail it, yeah. the conversation. Craig, let's, Craig was making a point. Why don't you make the point? Let's say, let's jump over to this. I was just going to say it to took, took, took six rushing attempts. For, I was on on the Connor thing. It was six rushing attempts oh. this year until he got hurt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, perfect. High, <laughs> highest probability of getting hurt in the league, and he's already hurt six rushing. <laughs> Wonderful. Attempts. Yikes! All right, you on to the Saints. <laughs> the Saints um, are marching on. Drew Brees, 160 yards. Kind of a whatever day for him. Two touchdowns though. That that'll help. Uh, Lat Murray is yeah. kind of the news. I, I know you want to talk about it. He out-touched Alvin Kamara on the ground. Oh, that is... I'm sorry to cut you off, and I saw this, and I really, really just wanted to keep saying it, was because they were up so much at a certain point, they just kept using Murray in the fourth quarter, just running it. I think he got, like, six rushing attempts in their final drive. And, and again, I go back to what I talked about with Dalvin Cook. Is it a, a let's keep Kamara healthy thing? He dealt with an injury last year. Let's not overuse him, especially if we don't need to. We're winning the game. Give it to Lat, let him do his thing. He's service. He's more than serviceable. He's very comparable to the Cook, Madison, Kamara, Murray, you know, conversation. So, um, Kamara gets a touchdown, saves his day, or and he got also had a receiving one. Yeah, I mean, but the only thing is, is that Kamara looked like dog shit when he was running the football. Yeah, yeah and, well, and he, he hit a line. That's for sure. Um, I mean, and, and, and Murray was touching the ball in the first half when this game was competitive, and he looked good. Yeah. One thing to be concerned of too. Uh, was and I don't know if this is going to continue, but it, it looks like it could because he was successful. Was this guy Deontay Harris was taking those sweeps and pitches and some of those routes that um, Alvin Kamara was going to take. So there's actually um, it looks like 28 yards or excuse me 26 yards that were actually taken away from Kamara did because you, of a gadget player. Did you see the first play of this game? No, I pass play to Taysom Hill. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course it was. Should have known. Um, okay, Cardinals 49. Well, I, oh, the sorry. One, sorry, one thing. Michael Thomas, uh, questionable with a high ankle sprain. I thought, picked up in this I, thought, game. I thought they came back and said, I thought he returned to the game. I just saw it today. He, oh, he no. got an MRI. Um, he you might be thinking MRI of a, a different player. However, um, it's a high ankle injury, they're calling it, and, and, and it is possibly a, a two- to four-week thing. Yeah, there's, we'll get, there's we'll no news the, on, a, on anything coming up. Yeah, yeah. but carrying on. Yeah. Next matchup. Carry on, you suck. Yeah, carry on, uh, Cardinals 49ers. Weird game. Weird game. That no Debo, no Ayuk. Um, right. I mean, we t- we were talking about this earlier. I mean, we yeah. we had we were sitting there looking at Bourne going, oh. Literally going, somebody has to catch the ball, right? Turns out, <laughs> nope. Nobody <laughs> has to because when you have Raheem Mostert, I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Raheem Mostert went off this game, I feel like. I mean, he had, what, like an 80-yard TD, 60-yard TD, whatever whatever it was. I forget what the, the total yard was. 76-yard reception for a touchdown, yeah. Just... This is going to be a run-first team, and it will always be a run-first team. 
I think that's really all we have to say. We can talk about the Cardinals, unless you, Craig, are you raising your hand to say something about the Oh, it's just the run first team, just to add on to that, their uh, wide receiver core, without Debo and Ayuk, um, totaled four receptions, the entire wide receiver core. I wanted to also mention Jarek McKinnon, uh, three catches and three rushes. He is back and he's playing. Got the end zone. I think, I think a lot of I. I would imagine most of that stuff goes to Coleman. Coleman was almost not even going to play this game because of the the air in his he has a sickle cell sickle thing. cell stuff. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. I'm just saying. Yeah, he, Kittle Kittle rising from the dead. Uh, McKinnon, yeah. McKinnon rising from the dead. Absolutely. No, Kittle Kittle died. Kittle. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. What happened was that Jarek McKinnon stole a spirit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a Grim Reaper. Uh Holy shit, though the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins. I've been I've been saying that he was like a top three wide receiver. I feel like the entire offseason, a lot of people had him towards the bottom of, of a wide receiver one. I mean, what do you have? Fifteen targets? Why don't I have this in 16, front of me? Sixteen targets, fourteen receptions. Believable and just erased all of the other pass catchers. Yeah, fourteen for, catchers, one hundred fifty-one yards. Yeah. Sweet tweeted out after the game. Is that what you guys wanted to see? <laughs> <laughs> Which is just an all-time yeah, like line. I, I he had it. a gr- he had a great weekend. Also watching te- the Texans lose, and I think he tweeted oh, something yeah. out after that. Oh, too. I bet. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, his corpse was out on the field catching balls too. Um, sure, but. Let's let let's talk about Drake and and mm. and Kyler because Kyler he's gonna do it through the air. He's got a shiny toy in DeAndre Hopkins, ninety one yards on the ground, uh, and Kenyon Drake looks to be a, another staple of this offense. I mean, there's going to be three guys. It's the Murray Hawkins Drake show. Yeah, and and Kyler Murray is what I think we all hope Joe Burrow can become. I, I think that's a fair comp. Murray's probably a little bit more Burrow's, athletic. Burrow's not going to get the rushing numbers on the ground. Yeah, you, he's, you, he's not going to get 91. On, right. Even on 13, he's not going to get 91. But but he looked good running it. Too. Right. I mean, Murray looks fantastic, and he does the smart thing. He doesn't Josh Allen it. He gets down. He goes, all right, I'm out, I'm down, I'm, I'm done. Because he understands he's five foot six. <laughs> yeah. But And then he's out there slinging it, too. So, I mean, big respects, big, up, big, up, big ups to him. Uh, Drake, I, I was a big wait-and-see guy on Drake. Not that I didn't believe he had the talent, but... I didn't know that his role was going to continue. It looks like he's the clear-cut guy. Chase Edmonds is there to spell him from time to time at best. For sure. Um, and Drake, then, I mean, 16 for 60 is not, a, not an all-world line, but he did what was asked of him. He, but he looked dynamic. He looked it. good, yeah. Yeah. And Christian Kirk was a little bit of a concern, but let's let's hope that doesn't continue. <laughs> yeah. I think no, no I don't yards. think you drop got, Kirk. We get him in the uh, next podcast, so we'll talk about him. We do. Now. All right, good. Um, Last one. Rams-Cowboys. Yeah, good boy. I don't even. I Mike, don't even Mike McCarthy looks like Jason Garrett coaching <laughs> a football team. That is because no, Jerry Jones is in the press box. Yeah, because Jerry Jones is still coaching the team. Oh my goodness. Um, the Rams also look like shit. I'm sorry. So they they won the game. Uh, uh, Robert Woods had a good stat line. Malcolm Brown looks like he's the. But the Rams look bad, uh, and the Cowboys look bad too. They all look bad. I am. I don't want to say more concerned about the Cowboys, but I expected more out of them than the Rams. Oh, I absolutely I, I mean, I do this every more. year, and I build myself up, and I say the Cowboys do. Look at them on paper. They're so freaking good. Everybody does it. And, um, yeah, I'm just part of, Murray I'm Cooper, part of their Dak, America's team. Zeke, <laughs> but nope. Zeke had a fine game, but Amari Cooper had a fine game. CeeDee Lamb didn't show up as much as I expected him to. Michael Gallup didn't show up as much as I expected him to. Blake Jarwin tore his ACL in the first quarter. Um, so he's done forever. Yep. Uh, it was the weirdest forever. thing. He's <laughs> just retired. for a year. For a year. The weirdest thing that I, I will say coming out of this game, just watching it, 
was that Jalen Ramsey was on Michael Gallup of all wide receivers, who I thought would have been probably the third option realistically. And they just said, oh, we're going to take Gallup out of it. And he fared decent for the top corner in the league. I mean, he had three receptions for five targets. But um, Gallup screwed himself on one bomb where he took the OPI. It it, it was really – I'm not sure how how it was questionable. But um, beside the point – uh, I think it was a tough defense on, on both sides. Um, a lot of athletic players literally on both sides. Um, so a, a lot of this, I don't want to say to just a race, but you know, with week one and, and, and things like that, I would expect things to be better for both teams going forward. Yeah, I mean, Dak and Jared Goff were just playing a game to see who could be more like useless as a quarterback, <laughs> and they, they both won or so both lost. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Dak and the Cowboys the pass. The Rams, I'm sorry, after the season, after going to the Super Bowl, having the season they had in 2019, and this is how you open up the season? Yep. This is not good. And they'll come on and they'll say, listen, a win's a win against a tough Dallas defense, yada, 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 yada. McVay, I'm not McVay's... impressed with, yeah, I was just going to say, Sean McVay, I'm not impressed. Jared Goff, I'm not impressed. Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. Malcolm Brown, I'm kind of impressed. Cam Akers, not impressed. Uh, Cooper Cup, where'd you go, bud? So... Uh, and I don't think Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are each going to have. I think it's going to be pick pick your poison because they're not both going to going to be there. Um, before we wrap this up, Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers, Cam Akers looked like shit. He Terrible. did not look good. He ran into a brick wall after a brick and wall. To be honest, Malcolm Brown looked great. Malcolm Brown looked very good. It was funny. I was reading a Yahoo article, and they're like, he's clearly the most not talented. And I was like, if he's not the most talented running back, why did the ra- remember this is a guy that. Would have gotten so. Who was who was trying to sign the Ravens? Him the Ravens were trying the to Ravens. sign Malcolm Brown off of the practice squad. What two years ago? Yes, and the Rams matched it to keep Brown on the right. team, which is almost unheard of. Like you don't hear teams doing that. Um, so we'll talk about Malcolm Brown a little bit. I, I I think as well. I know he. I think is our number one priority pickup of of uh, week one. All right, let's yes. let's wrap this up. Any closing thoughts? Do you guys want to go around one team you're going to give a pass on, and then we'll we'll just we'll we'll close it up. Uh, if there's one team that I want to give a pass on, um, I put you on the spot. So I mean, I got mine ready to go. If you go want. ahead, I'm yeah. going to give it to the Falcons. That's an, I think they had a good offensive output. They ran into a brick wall against the Seahawks, who I think are really going to push the NFC uh, playoff picture deep this year. If they're not in the championship, I'd be surprised. Um, and the Falcons always have a defensive issue. So if they can sort out some of those troubles and maybe even just play a slightly lower level of competition, they're they're in a brutal division. I mean, they're going to have the Saints. The Bucks didn't look that hot, so maybe they can run the run the Bucks out of town with their offense. The Panthers are definitely beatable, but I'm giving them a pass for Week One. Let's see what they got Week Two. If they can do the exact same thing on offense and improve on defense, they're in great shape. Offensively, I'm going to give a pass to the Philadelphia Eagles. They, ah, you son of a bitch! They limped into Week One. <laughs> They literally limped there. And their offensive line, you had mentioned Lane Johnson didn't play, but there was also their star left tackle that I'm blanking on his name. It also got hurt two weeks before the season started as well. So even though it was the Washington football team they played, you know, Wentz was sacked eight times. They had nowhere to go. Miles Sanders didn't play. So I'll give them a pass. I'm going to give – that's who I was going to give a pass to. But I'll give a pass in week one to the Jets owner. Oh, (laughs) Because I think after week one, he fires Adam Gase in week two. Um, so I'll give him a pass, and, and I think he's going to do the right thing in week two. Um, all right, we're Top Shell Fantasy. That's Podcast 84, 85. Fuck Adam Gase. Thank you. Good night. Top Shell Fantasy.
Stay fluid. Stay loose.